and welcome to Miles to Memories. I'm Sean Coomer, your host. Mark Osterman's here. Joe took the week off, but Benji, contributor from the website, is here. And we're going to talk about city thank you points, how they added the ability to cash out the points at one cent each. How does this change the value for those in our minds? Plus, Benji will discuss Miles and Points plays that he just doesn't participate in, popular things that you might hear about in the hobby that just aren't for him. And we'll also talk about Chase's portal and why Mark says it is useless, plus rapid fires and more. If you like the show, please consider subscribing. mtmpodcast.com is where you can go for that, or just search for Miles to Memories in your favorite podcast app. Consider leaving us a review. Tell a friend. Thanks so much for listening. Let's hit it. Well, gentlemen, uh, Benji, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Joe is off this week because he was running around the uh, the East Coast. I think he headed down to Disney World, did some other stuff. He'll be back with us next week to tell us all about it. Mark, I, I saw you were back up at the cottage this weekend. How's life treating you guys? Yeah, we actually met up with the in-laws uh, for the first time since the whole pandemic thing. They've been very cautious about it. So they waited until they got their second shot and then a couple weeks after that. And so we did our... Easter celebration where the kids went and looked for all the eggs and everything. They came up and it was their first time seeing the cottage. So that was pretty nice. And, you know, we got to hang out by the fire pit, walk down to the lake, rode bikes, spent the night. And then uh, Sunday I drove back to town and got my second shot. So a couple weeks away from my superpowers, I guess. So I'm pretty excited about that. But yeah, feeling good today after I know some people struggle after the second shot. My arms are a little sore like it was the first shot, but no other real side effects. So that's good. Yeah, I took Pfizer and didn't have any side effects really other than a sore arm. So was really happy and lucky with that. Benji, how's how's life treating you? Good, good. My second shot's tomorrow, and it's good to hear, Sean, what you just updated with. Looking forward to that and getting on the road. But for now, it's the simple joys where I power washed over the weekend. And it's fun to do those projects where you can uh, look back a few hours after and say, wow, that looks a lot better than it did before. I don't those know if it's fun, but... Well, you know, it's it's Re- uh, more rewarding. I guess it's the same as building a Lego uh, well, Grogu, right? Hey, very funny, very funny. <laughs> but you know, it's like when you're talking to your little ones, and it's like, okay, did that even register? And why did I even bother talking about that? You can actually see the impact immediately with certain see, stuff. What I so do when when my when my son asks questions that I know he's not going to comprehend, I say, "Don't worry about that. You don't need to worry about that. I'm not going to waste my time." <laughs> explaining all this to you knowing that you'll just look at me and be like oh okay dad and then not retain any of it so well there you go but yeah overall (laughs) overall things are good the spring breakers have left and uh we're getting our beaches local and tourist ones back so that's good as well yeah if you haven't if you don't know benji lives near a beach somewhere on the east coast and uh lots of tourists like to to kick him out and he loves to go there when they're when the tourists are all gone because he gets the beach all to himself and Gives us uh, post plenty of pictures to make us jealous. I try to go when there's absolutely no one on there, at least on the local beaches, but varying levels of success, success throughout. So anyway. Nothing better than a beach when you have it all to yourself. That's my favorite beach experience. I never, I grew up in Southern California where the beaches were always packed with people. And I mean, it's okay if you need a beach fix, but nothing better than just like having the sand that, all to yourself, the ocean. So cool. Isn't that most everything though, besides like a bar maybe you want... <laughs> <laughs> when you can do it by yourself like if you went to disney and you're the only people there then it'd be awesome maybe well you need i think you need some other people there you need some, there's like a, yeah, le- the people, a level the cast where, members <laughs> no but you want some other guests too but you want to be able to like walk on everything but you want other people so you're so it doesn't feel like it's you need synergy right movement 
things like that. I guess. You need I like know. 11 a.m. at Epcot type of crowd, right? Right, right, Sean. About that. At- yeah, but not on a beach though. On a beach, just me. That's it. Oh, there uh, you go. I had I had the in Fiji a few years ago had the ability to do that and some other places where you just have the the whole beach and ocean to yourself and it's a whole different. Uh, Sean plays Robinson Crusoe and when. He- <laughs> yeah, there's a fine line be- between that and then you end up uh, being cast away. <laughs> there you go. And talking to a uh, to a volleyball. All right, let's let's get into the to the show and talk. We're gonna talk a lot about kind of articles that you've written, Benji, and I hope that we can kind of infuse your perspective into the show because um, you are you know different, I think, than Mark and I, and and you have uh, some really interesting insights on a lot of this stuff. But let's talk. <laughs> Let's talk about this first thing, and let's talk about this title on this article. Awesome Sauce, the new city premier cash-out is stackable for better results. <laughs> I'm going to guess, Benji, Benji, that you're totally... not the one who chose the word Awesome Sauce. <laughs> yes, we'll let, we'll let Mark talk about the title for about 10 minutes, and we can talk about the article for about a minute. Awesome Sauce. Mark stuff. has been, he's been, I don't know how many times I've seen this title, because he was very proud of this one. The new city premier cash out is stackable for better results. As we know, April 10th, it was right that the ability to cash in city thank you points with the premier card for like cruises and, and travel went from 1.25 cents to one cent. We lost that, but now we got the ability to cash out thank you points, right? And then you were able to find that it's even better. Yeah, as expected. I didn't want to assume, but as expected, the Rewards Plus stacks with it. So that's uh, with the points back feature of the Rewards Plus, it effectively is 1.1 cent per point on the first 100,000 points of redemptions annually. For many people, that that's uh, what they redeem maybe in a year or two years to maybe some people who really dork out on this stuff. That's part of our year as far as thank you point earning, especially Mark, who uh, maybe just, I guess he's done after he gets 50 from a bonus. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's, from my perspective, I don't think it's groundbreaking. I mean, Premier card holders had this option, albeit a more circuitous route via a mortgage check, but on the face Look at Benji of it, dropping the big words. On, oh, uh, well, Joe's not here, so someone has to fill in. First awesome sauce. <laughs> I would critique uh, Mark on awesome sauce. I think that's two words technically. I don't think it's a compound word. But uh, ran out of space, man. Okay. Well, oh, oh yeah. You wanted that red to turn green. At any rate, uh, sorry, blog humor. It's not a groundbreaking development. I think it's it more options for redemption are I, I applaud, especially cash out options, sort of as an escape hatch for anyone who has an unexpected change in plans. They can always cash out. So not anything that's amazing, but it's it's definitely a solid sort of a way of smoothing things over. I guess from City trying to maybe do a bit of damage control from that devaluation on the premiere. Otherwise, Mark, what do you think? Yeah, I actually think it. it kind of opens up city for me or makes me consider it more you know usually i've just gone off for the the bonus and kind of moved on from there and never really put a ton of time into city because their transfer partners aren't the best i'm not a huge turkish uh fan as you guys know from reading my stuff but everything else i could could basically replicate with another uh points currency and the earning rates are usually better with those points currencies so this was kind of like a thing i would use for the portal when the portal was going away at 1.25 cents i said I'm not going to really spend any time on City because there's no point. And I've been asking for this for a while. Even just being able to transfer thank you points back to double cash points and move them back and forth so you could cash out that way. But this is even easier. I know prestige card holders have been able to cash out at one cent for a while now. So this probably isn't that great to them. But for me as a premier card holder, you know, you're looking at grocery at 3.3% back, uh, gas station 3.3%. 
that's a big area that people do a lot of heavy spending in. So if you have the MX Gold and you already maxed out the 25K, this is something that you can jump into and still get a, a better return than most places. So it's something that I'm actually considering. I moved the Premier back into my wallet for when I'm doing my uh, gas stuff and my grocery stuff. It's kind of like the backup option where I don't want to use one card too many times, then I'll just slide the Premier in there. So I actually have started using more because this makes it easier to cash out, as well as I downgraded my old Premier card to Rewards Plus, so I'll get the uh, the extra bonus, which is nice. So I think I'll, I'll shoot to cash out 100000 a year, earn 100000 a year, or, or aim to be in that ballpark area each year. Yeah, I think you mentioning the Premier 3X, it's so big because when I have a lot of grocery spend, it tends to be in a short period of time where I'm not able to maybe always put it on the card that I would want to. And having that Premier as a backup to be able to, to do it at the 3X and obviously having a, a Rewards Plus card where we can get the uh, the extra 10% bonus on the 100,000 is great. But that's how I use my Premier card. Benji, I mean, how has this changed your view of thank you points? How has losing the 1.25 cents, but now gaining the one cent cash back, the extra uh, bonus, how has your view over the last few weeks changed on thank you points? Well, it began changing a few months ago when I was doing some research because I knew the end of Disney Redemptions at 1.25 cents per point was ending. I was like, I, I got to come up with something here because, I, I, you know, I've been using those cards a lot in addition to other products from other banks. And I first came upon something I had done long before, albeit not with thank you points. And that was transferring to JetBlue to turn those points into Amtrak, another niche program that I love. I'm a big uh, Amtrak fan and train fan. Um, but that said, those... I was until I actually rode Amtrak. And the, I... Oh. <laughs> that was <laughs> enough to stop me. I was going to say, the other, the other two Amtrak fans listening to the podcast are cheering you right now. Yeah, so I'll make this quick because I don't want to lose any more listeners than we already have. But there's a cap of, via points.com, 50,000 JetBlue point transfers to Amtrak per year. So that's great. The points are very high value for actual train travel. But beyond that, it's probably best that I don't cash them all out or transfer them all to Amtrak anyway. So I am looking for other options. Undoubtedly, cashing out is a strong player. Uh, maybe to play a little bit more advanced game, we were also quite fortuitously targeted for the Citibank account bonus, not so much the uh, cash bonus, but the thank you point bonus. I know a lot of people can't stand these types of thank you points because they're the weird version that aren't full thank you points but they're sort of thank you points that's great but i don't consider the initial bonus that big a deal it's the ongoing 25 percent more thank you points earning that that has caught me so before this change i was earning three and three quarters points per dollar so 3.75 thank you points per dollar at grocery when you add the cash out optic to that and then also the rewards plus optic to that that brings you to a little bit over 4.1 percent so uh, it's becoming more and more of a player, something I'm focusing on. That's only a, a year type of thing for the broad range of people out there. I don't know how you get targeted for these type of uh, Citibank account bonuses for thank you points. It just sort of just happens uh, and you just got to cross your fingers. So that's something I'm thinking more about and other possible uh, domestic redemptions as well. That's what I got going. Sean, do you have anything else there? No, I just continue to be a fan of thank you points. I feel like they have their place and I've fa always found ways to use them. And I feel like I will continue to do that, whether it's going to be transferring to Singapore for a flight or cashing in for gift cards like I did uh, when we had an ability to be 
before. So I, as long as I can earn them in good numbers, and now my baseline is one cent, I'm happy. Uh, I'm overall happy with that. I know that the mortgage option existed, but I mean, honestly, it's, it was a, hu a hoop to jump through. This just makes it so much easier, and um, I'm, I'm happy overall. City also redesigned their cards. There you go. Got pretty new, uh, pretty new cards to look at. <laughs> Looks like a pebble dropped in water for all of them, but different colors. I don't know what the point was. I think they were fine the way they were, but whatever. I like old school logos, so I actually like the ones that were already existing, but oh well. Oh well, indeed. All right, so let's move on to uh, the next thing. If it's thing. not metal, and... it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give us metal or don't even talk to us. All right, so popular miles and points plays that you avoid like the plague. This is another article I just thought it'd be interesting to dive into some of these things and just discuss them. And I know so many people who are newer to the hobby never know where they should engage because there's all of these plays, all of these things, information overload. There's always FOMO, of course, where you have the fear of missing out or you feel like you missed something that you should have. And one of the things I love about Benji is that he knows his lane and uh, he not only stays in it, always willing to look at new things, but you know, he feels comfortable, right? You feel comfortable kind of doing the things that work for you and, you know, playing into your overall strategy instead of getting distracted by every little thing that comes along. I'm another groundbreaking statement here. I just want to focus on things that are fun, things I like doing. And there's only so much time in the day as, as, as much, uh, fun this, this, this hobby brings us that, uh, we can focus on it. I knowingly focus on the things I don't pursue, uh, just as much say, Hey, okay, that's something I don't want to take the time to learn right now, maybe later, but not right now. So that's my key is knowing what I can really max out at high levels currently, because I can't get more of the most valuable resource, which is time. At least for me, it's the most valuable resource. I talked plenty in the article about a few different areas, so I don't want to pontificate too much here. I'll riff off of, of what you guys want to talk about there, maybe a little bit. Uh, is there anyone that you would probably push back on the most or few? Mark? Well, we know Sean will push back on the, uh, yeah. on the, the mattress runs for globalist status, of course. <laughs> Does it count? Like, can you make fun of me if you say I'm globalist? Can then you then say, oh, Sean says he's globalist all the time when you when you bring it up? Well, he's uh, globalist light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did do a mattress run for it when they had the uh, when they had the promos that, with the stacking nights and the rebate and everything. So I think it did make sense at that time early in the year when, when you could do all these things and it was super cheap to get status. I got global status for, I don't even remember, it was like five $600. And that's for two years. So I, I know I'm going to get more than five or $600 out of that status over the next two years. So I think that worked for me. But normally, I would say mattress runs, mileage runs usually aren't worth it. I will say if you're, like, you're a couple days away at the end of the year, then it might make sense um, type of thing. Buying groups, I've never gotten into it. Just I don't have the mental bandwidth to do the tracking, which I know is something is on your list. And coin deals, I know Sean's done some of these. It's another one that I just... Everybody does it. They have success. It's easy money, uh, easy points, but it's just something I don't want, really want to deal with got, at this you point. You guys are so wrong on the coin. I mean, going into like last <laughs> Laziness. year or two ago, you were you were getting free spend, but I mean, I've made thousands of dollars in profit off those coin deals the last couple of years. And so I feel like they've really gotten to a point where they're something that everybody should look at. Um, they are kind of a form of a buyer's club, right? You're buying merchandise and then selling it somewhere else. But if you can find a place to sell it where you're comfortable and maybe start on a smaller deal where you're 
you know, where you have less float and you're maybe more comfortable figuring out how it all works. And there's certainly a lot of, I mean, I've gotten tens of thousands, I don't know, 10, over $10,000 in spend the last couple of years, plus some, you know, some profit. So certainly there, I mean, one th interesting thing that you talked about was Amex offers and you brought up the Motley Fool offer, which a lot of people had issues with. And I agree with you. Amex offers is an interesting one because I was talking with PDX deals guy on our, one of our diamond exclusive uh, Patreon uh, chats. And he really is still heavy into Amex offers. And it's something that I've largely sort of backed away from. And I've seen times where he has gotten extraordinary value out of some of these offers that people probably just blow right by. And so I question myself always, should I focus a little bit more on it? But then you have those offers like Motley Fool. I did that offer, I got the credit, right? I even got the portal payout. So I actually was, uh, and it hasn't been clawed back. So I was lucky, but there are times where things go wrong. And I guess the question with any of this stuff is, you know, is the time worth it? Are you getting the value out of it? With a mileage or a mat mattress run, I've done mileage runs, like when I flew to Panama and Cuba a few years ago, where, yeah, it was a mattress run or a mileage run, but I was there, you know, I went to Cuba. I got to do things that I had never done, seen the Panama Canal. And so that, I feel like it was worth it to me just for doing that. And so I was able I to know. make it work in that way. But when you end up turning it into a trip, I don't know if it's really technically a mileage run anymore. I think it's more of a, you're taking advantage of a discount flight. I know the mileage run aspect drove that decision, but you turned it into a trip. I'm thinking mileage runs more as like you fly to Japan and turn around and fly right back home type of thing, or fly to South America and fly back home and don't really experience anything when you're there, which a lot of people do do that, still do that, especially with Delta and partners earning way better, higher rates uh, versus flying Delta themselves. Sometimes it's just about the experience and I've done flights where I've flown there and back. Again, I feel like everybody should just make the judgment. Is it worth it? in your life, are you getting the fulfillment out of it? Some people just get the fulfillment of having the status and it feels good to them and they get the benefit out of it. It's worth it to them just for that. And if they've had that conversation with themselves, I'm okay with that. Like, I don't, I don't judge somebody who says, I just like to go sit on airplanes for 20 hours to fly across the world and turn around back. And I like the status and I like the process of just flying on airplanes and it works for me. And I'm like, okay, well then that's, that's great. I think, you know? I think you just uh, described Bethany Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. There's, a, there's always one in a group, right? It, it really comes down to, were you going to do that thing, take that action anyway, because you organically wanted to do it? I think that's key. When we start changing our behavior based on what we're offered, I think that's where we can get ourselves into trouble. And being able to acknowledge that, oh, let's say that Motley Fool offer, okay, Sean decided to pursue it. I would like to think Sean thought through the ramifications if it didn't come through and he was willing to take that risk. That might be a, a strong term at that low level, but it was a risk. So it really comes down to that for me. Do If everything blew up in my face that I pursued by changing my behavior, would I be okay with that? Would I actually consume that thing or that service if I didn't get reimbursed for it or make those portal rewards, for instance? So that, that's where it comes down to for me. There's certain things on my list that I talked about where it's like, it's not a mental block. It's just, I can't get my head around, or maybe it is a mental block where I cannot ever be comfortable buying hundreds or thousands of dollars of merch and sending them to an address that is not my own. Other people are perfectly fine doing that and can earn big time rewards with that. And bravo to them. I just don't have the, the nerve for it. And uh, I'd rather just focus on some other things that might be lower lower level than what they're doing, but you know, it's all about comfort level. 
I mean, I've been writing about deals and this stuff for a long time, and you're absolutely right. There are just certain deals that don't make sense to you. And I feel like even as writers, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong here, but even myself, when especially I used to write about deals, five, six deals a day uh, between Miles to Memories and even when I worked at Frequent Miler, there were certain deals that I could just pop out a post because I understood it so well. And then there was other deals that just didn't make sense to me. It didn't hit me on that level it has to hit me. And I feel like that's the case with everybody. There's just certain things that instantly make sense to you. And there's other things that just don't. And there's really no wrong answer when it comes to any of it. You can never do everything. So you might as well focus on what you enjoy. And I guess there is a wrong answer. I mean, you really shouldn't be wasteful, as Benji always says. I'm surprised I didn't trigger you by saying there's no wrong answer. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, to, to each his own. Right, Mark? Yeah, and I, I'll uh, one more I wanted to make a point on was your paperless bonus points. It's something I've written about in the past, uh, a way, because you said you wanted it because you want that reminder coming in the mail, you know, hey, this bill's due. You don't want to have to track everything. And I've written about this in the past because I've run into similar issues. A couple tips for people out there is to change all your closing dates to the same date. So, like, you just contact all your credit card issuers and say, I want my statement cut on the 15th of every month or whatever it be. So that you know every bill is coming due at the same time or whatever. You could stagger them a little bit if you want as well. Another one is to have it automatically pay the min payment. I don't like to have it auto pay my full balance because with playing the bank bonus game, I'm moving money around all the time. And I could have money dripped across like seven different accounts at one time. So I never know what the balances are going to be you know, in the future at a certain account. Um, because I'm moving that stuff around. I'm trying to make more money with the same amount of money, just moving it in different places. So, But if you are more static and you're not doing bank bonuses and stuff like that, that's another option that you could just have it either auto pay or auto pay the minimum so that you never miss a payment date. You might get hit with some interest once in a while, but at least you're never going to get hit with a late fee or anything that comes with that. So let's move on to the next thing. We talked a little bit about City devaluing the Premier card uh, when using the, Ch- the City portal. And the Chase has, you know, made some different changes. I use the Chase portal a lot. Mark wrote an article this week about why he thinks it's terrible. I got to, let me double check the the verbiage used. He said it's completely useless now in your article. Uh, Strong words. I know a lot of people use the Chase portal, especially a lot of Sapphire Reserve card holders who are able to book at 1.5 cents each. But uh, as you point out, things have changed the last year, year and a half, and you don't necessarily need to do that, right? Yeah, and, you know, it's useless not because it doesn't offer value if you were to use it, Um, you know, and this isn't really about the change to Expedia, and now they're moving back. Um, Everybody's hated the change to Expedia. It's been clunkier, harder to use, less options, all that stuff. But it's more so because of pay yourself back. If you have a reserve card, you're getting 1.5 cents to cash out those points with pay yourself back. So you either could get 1.5 with pay yourself back, or 1.5 through the portal. Now, on the surface, they look even, but if you break it down even further, you know, you're cashing out, and then you could go and book that trip that you were going to book through the portal, and you're going to earn points on the spend because you're going to put it on a credit card. And as well as if you're if you're booking a hotel, you'll actually earn loyalty points through the hotel, which you don't when you book through the portal. With airfare, you do earn it when you book through the portal, but, you know, this makes it also easier that if you run into any issues with your airline cancels, or, you know, we've seen everything with COVID, all these uh, issues arise where schedule changes and stuff. You have to call Chase, and Chase's phone lines uh, can take hours. They're not the most, <laughs> uh, what am I trying to say? They're not the best at their job, I guess. Is <laughs> I was looking for a nicer way to say it, but they're not the best at their job when issues arise. So, 
you're going to run into brick walls here and there. I mean, you, you run into the same thing with airlines and hotels, but they deal with this daily, every day. They've seen, most of the people have seen a, a lot of this stuff before. So you're getting an easier deal on that. And when you book, if issues arise, you can easily fix it, more easily fix it. You're getting more earning. So I just think pay yourself back is the way to go. Now that's assuming that you have enough spend to use pay yourself back, but there's ways to take a work around that. What do you think about it, Benji? When I read the article, I couldn't help but think about how anticlimactic this change was. I remember when the reserve was rolled out a few years ago and tons of people paid attention to the bonus and that was obviously valid. But uh, the ability to get 50% more value out of Ultimate Rewards via Chase Portal bookings, for us, Disney was a huge one there. And, you know, I financed a whole trip you know, stayed at the Contemporary and got all the tickets covered uh, with, with uh, Ultimate Rewards. That was huge at the time. You know, it seems like, in you know, as drip, 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 as years go by and, and, and stuff changes, the, you know, Expedia takes over, Connections is gone, you know, and then the rollout of Pay Yourself Back, the, the pendulum has gone the other way. So it's, it's, it's interesting to, in that regard. This could change a bit. You know, moving forward, you know, do I think it will? Probably not. I think it'll probably stay the way it is. People have really gotten used to this pay yourself back feature. And if they somehow devalue that or get rid of it, I think uh, Chase is going to have some some users not happy about that. Uh, and on the flip side, you know, I know Connections is back with Chase apparently in some derivation. So, you know, maybe those uh, high value redemptions will will uh, come back. But if pay yourself back is still around, there's no need to even bother with those now. Yeah, it's an interesting way to think about all of this. I don't know if I'm the only one, but it's hard often for me to say, okay, I'll cash the points out here and then keep that money separate and then use it later for travel. And I feel like a lot of people struggle with that. They want to use the portal because they just want the simplicity of it. But as someone who's used the portal quite a lot in the last couple of years, not so much lately, um, because of pay yourself back, but there's a lot of pitfalls to using the portal too. If you have to cancel or change, like Mark said, but just, just getting points redeposited, there's been things I've been able to cancel online just fine, but the points never make it back to my account. So it does add another layer of hassle to it, but I recognize there's a lot of people out there that just want the simplicity. They want everything separate. They don't want the cash hitting their account and then making sure that they can use that cash for a trip. You know, I, I, I get that sort of way to look at it, but I really agree with you that if you really can swing the, the spend, you know, having the, the spend so that you can use pay yourself back in the numbers that you need, I feel like that has to be the way to go. I do question whether that's going to stick around, at least for the grocery category. I don't think that's going to be something that sticks around forever. I mean, they have extended it, so what do I know? But I do, I think at some point they're going to make it harder to cash out the points at 1.5. One more thing I want to add is that whether it's Chase or Membership Rewards or even Thank You Points in some of the others, I'm increasingly focused on those opaque redemptions that are indirect that can funnel into travel, free travel basically, where, you know, it's great to have that direct transfer and say, wow, I used X points to get Y redemption to take Z trip. That's great. But I'm trying to focus more on the efforts to, okay, I used X points to cover Y expense to save Z money, setting that money aside for that trip, like Sean talked about. It is, there's no doubt about it. It's not sexy uh, type of redemption. It takes a bit more work, but I'm the type of guy who gets the type, uh, gets a kick out of that. And I can still find outsized value that way. And when you're doing that, you know, you can take advantage of promotions. Like Mark said, you're earning points. 
You can figure out the best way to spend. So you're earning credit card rewards. So yeah, you are able to, you know, utilize this hobby and, and the skills that you've picked up much better and, and finding it. Oftentimes you can find a cheaper price too on like activities and things like that than you would. So it gives you the full value compared to when you're using the portal, you may not always be getting the full value in addition to all the other trade-offs too. As much yeah, as I like they, to use the portal, I do like to use the portal, <laughs> but it's, it, it does have its bad, bad parts. Yeah, because they might be cutting out. You might not be seeing everything available. Um, you might want to book Airbnb for your hotel, but you're stuck booking something else because this is what they have uh, showing to you for the portal. So it opens up your options, which when you have more options, usually you're going to pay less for whatever you're doing. So some some airlines don't show up on uh, the Chase portal, you know, and that like a Southwest doesn't show up. So this gives you a way to book Southwest or one you of the other. You just had to call and wait on hold for like eight hours to. Uh... <laughs> yeah, but that's not through the portal. That's booking. Well, yeah, yeah, it is. No, through Chase you can call, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Chase you can call. So this saves you that phone call. It saves you the extra step. I don't think like one of the low cost carriers, Spirit or somebody, doesn't show up on the portal, or at least didn't the last time I checked. So that's another one that you're missing out on. You know, so you have more of these options. You can book uh, train tickets if they're not showing up. If you're Benji and you like to sit and stare at the same side of the hill for six hours while you're delayed, but uh, otherwise, <laughs> otherwise it just gives you more options. You know, you're more free. You can book whatever you want, whenever you want, uh, versus whatever the portal will show you. So I think that's a another big perk of this. All right. Well, uh, let us know what you guys think uh, on in the Facebook group and everywhere else that you guys are in contact with us in the article on the on the website as well. Let's go on to rapid fires. Mark, why don't you start us off? Yeah, so Capital One uh, came out with some big news today with their points program. A couple years ago, they added transfer partners before it was just a cashback, essentially for travel. The valuations weren't always the greatest. Usually it was two to one and a half miles, so two Capital One rewards for one and a half airline miles. They've made some changes where a couple of them are now one-to-one. Some of the bigger ones, Avianca, Asia Miles, Wyndham Rewards, if you're into Wyndham, that's a that's a nice one, um, as well as those will transfer to Caesar Rewards too at one-to-one. There's a couple other ones in there too. They added some new transfer partners, British Airways, which is basically the most promiscuous mile out there. They pretty much uh, pair up with everybody. And then Turkish is the other big one. Those are both at two to one and a half. Uh, Choice Hotels was added, but nobody cares about that. Unless you're in Alaska and you're getting over one cent per mile like I am on my one choice. I finally used those choice points for <laughs> that I earned from that sign up. Um, so you're having more options. I think they're they're working their way up to being you know, near city level in, as, in terms of transfer partners. So it's good to see. And they're the one program that seems to constantly be adding new things to uh, for their card holders. They also are opening up a couple lounges over the next couple years. No details on if you get in free or what the cost is yet. So to be determined if that's valuable or not. How about you, Benji? Uh, yeah, I want to just uh, give a shout out to my own uh, article from yesterday about how to uh, how and why to consolidate Amex Uber credits. Many of us play uh, a two-player game with uh, their spouse or domestic partner uh, with Amex and the other card issuers. And some of you may uh, know some of this already, but uh, I know I did not. But uh, you don't have to have two separate Uber accounts uh, for those uh, different individuals. You can combine those Amex Uber credits uh, via loading 
uh, those cards in, into one common account. There's a specific way I go through how to do it where you don't lose any credits in order to condense those uh, credits altogether. It involves a specific sequence, not overly complicated, but definitely one you want to get right to not lose out on. And the reason you want to do this is you obviously have one common pot of Uber uh, Amex Uber credits that could, dare I say it, be big enough to actually get you to the airport for free in an Uber, or maybe you want to splurge on a bigger meal that actually you don't have to go out of pocket at all for. That's one of my big things with Uber is, you know, I don't want to go out of pocket for anything. Just a, a, a quick, easy win and way of, uh, you know, consolidating those credits to, to, to make out better and make things a bit more easy on the Amex Uber credit front. I know a lot of people look at these credits as just just a disgrace and it's just they're they're just a a chore to use more work to use since i've you know i I never felt that way but it was something at the end of the month that i was always focused on now it's become a pleasure to use them throughout the month so that's what i got sean yeah it's a great article and uh just really good information that you have uh, for people and i know that yeah so many people who read the website are in that situation including myself where you have uber credits in multiple different places Mine is, let's talk about Bellagio for a second. We'll have a quick discussion here. Uh, I did a tour of the Bellagio rooms, their renovated rooms last week. There's a video on the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. And then on last week's MTM Vegas video podcast, uh, Mark and I talked about the bathtub issue because so many people seem to be having an issue with the fact that Bellagio removed a bathtub. And in most high-end hotels, there are bathtub and shower. And I always just find this thing, it's such a simple thing, the bathtub issue, but so many people are divided by it. So figured we just mentioned it as a rapid fire. People can check out the videos of the room because the room is really beautiful. I think they did a great job, but also of kind of the debate around it. I mean, are you guys, either one of you in a high-end hotel, luxury hotel, is a bathtub a necessity for you? I'm not a bath person, so it's not a huge necessity for me. I can see why people would want it. You know, if you're going to a luxury, a luxury resort, you want more of that relaxation. I would say for Vegas, it doesn't feel like as necessary as it would be for like a beach vacation or, you know, something like that, like a spa retreat type of place. But, uh, you know, Bellagio shared the video and a link to it on their uh, Facebook website or on their their face on their Facebook, I guess. <laughs> you said <laughs> Facebook on their website. <laughs> yeah. You sound like an eighty-year-old man. <laughs> Sounds like something. They I posted would say. it. They posted it to the wall. So yeah, they 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 shared it on Facebook, and there was you know a couple hundred com or maybe it was like fifty to a hundred comments, something like that. And ninety percent of them were complaints that there was no bathtub. So this is a big thing for the people that stay at Bellagio. And I, you know, we talked about it on the show, I think they're trying to slant more towards the younger demographic versus, you know, the older demographic, which used to stay at Bellagio when it was, you know, the top end hotel. Now you have Wynn, you have Encore, you have the Cosmo. So I think they're trying to slant more young version. And that's kind of their play off of this is a big shower is sexier type of thing. That's just my feelings on it. But it'll be interesting to see how many people don't book there because of it. What do you think, Benji? Well, uh, you stole my thunder there. I was I, I haven't followed this really closely, but I'd be really interested to see the age demographic breakdown on this thing. I feel like over time that, dare I say it, baths are just something that would happen less with people. I don't know. Maybe I'm totally wrong there. But uh, for us, I know it really depends on setting. You know, I, I can think about, you know, us going to Thailand and basically renting out the equivalent of a house. You would think there uh, a, a tub would be included and we looked for that type of thing. And that just sort of 
was is was part of the expectation and something we looked for. Obviously, other places it doesn't really matter. It did strike me uh, at first with Bellagio that that happening that that is wow you would expect that type of thing with that opulence of Vegas and that property in particular. But I I think this is a nothing burger over time. You know, the the, the hotel is going to fill up and people are going to go and that this is going to be long forgotten. Some some other crisis. Uh, from a tourist perspective is going to happen and this, this will be forgotten. Yeah. And let's not mention, I mean, the, the rooms are beautiful. Take a look at our video, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. Check out what the rooms look like. It's one of the most iconic hotels in the world. So just seeing what the rooms are, seeing what the future for the next 10 or 15 years is, I don't know, it's cool for me as a nerd. So check that out and also let us know and you can comment on the video what you think about the tub versus, uh, versus shower and, and all of the renovations there. That's going to do it for us this week. Benji, when people, they can't find you, they can't listen to you on this podcast every week, but where can they find you other than uh, writing these great articles on the site? Well, we can definitely shorten the podcast by five minutes uh, now that I'm replacing Joe with this comment. (laughs) But you can comment on my articles, and for uh, Miles to Memories Diamond members, you can hit me on Discord and uh, listen to the Spending Time podcast that I'm on. So look forward to interacting with you in all those mediums. Uh, For me, you can find me on Twitter at DetroitMark. Email me, mark at milestomemories.com. Comment on the articles on the website. Join our Facebook groups, our Diamond Patreon group. Lots of ways to get a hold of me. Public profile so you can message me, uh, even if we're not friends and all that stuff. So how about you, Sean? Yeah, I wanted to talk about the Patreon group, patreon.com forward slash milestomemories, because we do have an incredible team of people helping in the Discord group, chatting up. We have our private Facebook group. We have a spending time podcast that Benji's on every month with Ryan uh, Flanagan, our Facebook moderator, and you, Mark. And uh, I'm doing an interview series. Mark and I have a show that we do together. We also talk to a member every single month and learn about their journey in this hobby. So we have bonus content every single week, in addition to the chats going on in Facebook and Discord. Yeah, and Ryan has an award booking show that he does uh, every month as well. Our uh, Our other Ryan. So we have... Not just Mark and I, but just the the entire MTM team uh, is is there helping out, and they do such a great job. So patreon.com forward slash miles to memories. It's $10 a month, and you get access to uh, to all of that stuff. And then, you know, 30, 40, 50 posts a week, miles to memories.com, and our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. So I took Joe's spot this week, taking up about 10 minutes of time, uh, plugging all my stuff. And uh, thank you so much, for Benji, for for joining us, for filling in for Joe. Thanks to everybody for listening. Talk to you next time. Be well. Thanks, Benji. Thank you. See you next week, guys. Thanks, everybody uh, that joined us live.